Welcome, everybody, to Soccer 101, the show in which we attempt to scratch the soccer itches you never knew you had. My name is Taylor Rockwell. Didn't even get my name right. Joining me today to talk about anthems and singing and the songs of football is Mr. Graham Ruthven. Hello, Graham. Hi, Taylor Rockwell. I hope you're not going to ask me to sing any of these songs <laughs> or anthems. I feel like by this stage, Ryan Bailey, if he's hosting this show, is already singing at, yes, at this of point. Of course. Um, but just as long as you're not passing the mic to me at any point today. Uh, I was going to, but then you pronounced my name correctly, unlike myself. So instead, I will just say, the champions. There you go. That's what I can do. That's what I can offer when it comes to our anthems. But this was a topic, Graham, that you came up with that I, like, it's one of the, it's one of those that I always enjoy where I'm like, is that, a, oh, no, that would be, that would be a good 101 episode because we'd get all different types of music associated with football. Sometimes it's more official than other times, uh, but it is an ever-present thing that might seem a little bit odd though i guess when it comes to entrance music everybody likes to have entrance music everybody likes to have that sort of dramatic beginning to a scene beginning to a day i think we would all be better if we could have our uh, our lives scored <laughs> to get the the day going correctly yeah we wake up out of, uh, out of bed check twitter and our entrance yeah. music is, is playing let's hope it's not the entrance music that they use <laughs> at, at tottenham hotspur stadium okay. which is the phantom menace uh whatever that's <laughs> called the the kind of creepy, uh, foreboding song that do, I think do, do, Darth Maul fights to. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm uh, hoping that's not my, my, my daily entrance music. See. But yes, uh, comp- competition anthems are, are, as you say, something about soccer we maybe don't consider all that often, but they are, they are definitely there. What I thought you were going to go with and what would be appropriate for uh, starting your day by opening up Twitter, seeing the responses, and then for me, just sort of like, oh, uh, but also for <laughs> bad football clubs, it should be the Kirby Enthusiasm music. That's yes. what it needs to be. <laughs> I think that would be a terrific way for a team that hasn't like won a game like uh, Brugge right now as we record this in uh, early March. have just been knocked out of the Champions League. Scott Parker sacked. They've lost a ton of games. They should come out to the Kirby yeah. Enthusiasm music for their next game. Or, or what should happen is it should be written into league rules that if you get past a certain point of the season, you haven't won a game like Criminese or Elche. <laughs> so you go 20 games into the season without winning a game, bom, you walk bom, out to... Dun, 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 <laughs> and that becomes your anthem. Uh, well, we will write that into the TSS bylaws. I'm going to add that today. Uh, but before I can do that, we should talk a little bit more about actual anthems for a moment. And it seems like, Graham, there are two different types in my mind there are the sort of the very big orchestral official Mm -hmm. scores you have that with like i think there's a a fifa anthem that you will now get played i think since 1994 although that seems to be changed for the most recent tournaments but you have those sort of very big sweeping things the hans zimmer one for mls and then you have if not unofficial, then less official sort of individual competition songs. And that would be like Waka Waka is the very uh, uh, sort of often criticized one from the 2010 World Cup. But you'll get them going back to what, like the early 60s, you have World Cup themes? Yeah, um, mostly associated with World Cups, you you, you would have to say. Um, Most World Cups going back, or I think all World Cups going back to about the, the 1960s, have had an official competition anthem i i couldn't tell you what the qatar competition anthem my research let me down already 
Right, it's it's unknown. So they couldn't find anyone is basically what that is. They couldn't find anyone who would associate themselves with that tournament. That is correct. If you look at it up, if you look it up, there's a there's a table and it's the FIFA anthem was first played ahead of the 94 World Cup and then it's like 94 to 2018, then it changed to something for the 2018 World Cup that was that like that tournament specific and then it's listed as unknown when you get to 2022. So, yeah, nobody really wants to be connected to that one, Graham. That is the key takeaway, isn't it? I mean, my favorite World Cup anthem, and look, this is going to be of no surprise to any listeners who know that I am a Scottish football fan and that Scotland's last World Cup was the 98 World Cup, and that was very much in my formative years as a football fan. I would have been seven or eight years old at that time. Uh, Carnival de Paris is, in my opinion, the greatest World Cup anthem of all time and will never be bettered um, because it's got bagpipes in it as well. So they still play that that before Scotland games and then everyone does the <laughs> when the bagpipes bit, bit comes on. So that is the, 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 the goat of competition anthems in my book. Wait, is that that song? I don't think I knew the name of that one. That yeah. the one. Okay. Oh man, that is a formative song. You're not wrong. I didn't know what you were talking about, and now that you've said it, strangely, Graham singing it. Graham, I said I wasn't going to make you sing. You did it yourself, but I know. you you triggered memories because man, that song is pretty iconic, isn't it? I feel like it's even in like Mean Machine at various points, the Vinnie Jones prison soccer longest yard remake movie. Uh, that's where I thought this episode was going to go this quickly. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, so Graham, but like, is that one of those where it's not, it's not that, that like sweeping orchestral thing. It is just yeah. like, it seems like basically they want music for the tournament. It doesn't necessarily seem like it's entirely like a marketing gimmick or anything like that. Uh, but it's just, you want sort of that type of, thing to provoke memories to bring about memories to kind of connect music with the uh, the events on the pitch yeah absolutely so you set it out well at the top of the show there there's kind of two categories there's the the world cup anthems um, and then there's the competition anthems themselves um, which are kind of ever present and are played every time those competitions or tournaments are played that's kind of where i did the bulk of my research so most soccer fans will be familiar with competition anthems which is essentially a song officially associated with a league or a competition um you'll have most likely heard them played as players either walk out onto the pitch or in the case of the the champions league which is maybe maybe the most famous and well-known anthem and the players actually stand and observe it like a national anthem yeah right and if you're cristiano ronaldo you sing along to it as he has been known to do not currently because as everyone knows he's not in the champions league anymore uh, certainly not the UEFA Champions League anyway. Um, you might also hear competition anthems on TV broadcasts as well. Um, you might That might be before you go to a commercial break or as, as the show starts, they will play the, the competition anthems. And I think they're, if we're to drill down in why, into why they're played, I think they're played for branding reasons mm-hmm. primarily. It seems like the sort of thing marketing people would push for, uh, for reasons like synergy and stuff like that. And I have mixed thoughts on competition anthems because when they're good, they definitely add something to the occasion. So we'll probably talk a little bit more about the Champions League anthem. And in Scotland, where our clubs are not always in the Champions League, there is a magic to hearing that anthem before the game. I think for most clubs and most most fan bases, there is a magic. Maybe not not if you're Man City, whose fans uh, boo the Champions League anthem uh, now. But I think that anthem certainly adds to the occasion. But then there are other anthems that aren't really all that distinctive and they don't add much and they're just kind of playing a generic song over the atmosphere. 
And I would much rather just hear the natural atmosphere build within the stadium than hear some sort of generic orchestral number that isn't really identifiable with a competition. So I have mixed thoughts. Sometimes they're great and other times not so much. What would be like the, you mentioned the Champions League one as being the iconic one. And I think you're right. It it totally is. It's the one that they all stand there and observe, but it does set the stage. It it gives you that sort of feeling that this is a momentous occasion, that this is a big moment. It's, it's nighttime. The floodlights are on and we've got the Champions League anthem playing. Are there other ones that do something similar? Cause I think about something like, CONCACAF World Cup qualifying has that like like I'm not even coming close to what it actually is but <laughs> it, it is they're walking out and it and it has a little bit of that sort of you're supposed to feel the energy but it also at the same time could double as like elevator music so it, mm. it doesn't maybe convey that same I don't know momentous occasion sort of vibe yeah so first of all I think coming up with a, a good competition anthem is really really difficult um i don't think it's an easy thing to do the champions league has obviously completely nailed it i don't think anything comes close to the champions league in terms of how iconic that is and how well known that is taylor do you know what the name of that uh that song is the champions league anthem can you tell me the, the official name of that song uh, is it something in german or have i made that up too you you have made that up because it's just okay. champions league very okay. imaginative. They were, they were clearly thinking outside the box when they went with that anthem. It was originally Champions League unfinished title, and then they deleted yeah. that second part and just left it as is. Yeah, exactly. Not even Champions League anthem on Spotify. It's just Champions League. I don't know why I found that funny, but um, yeah, that is the name of that of that well known anthem. I personally, this is maybe a, maybe a bit of a controversial take. For me, the GO anthem is the, is the Europa League anthem. I think I've said that on the show before. Um, so. In researching for this, I discovered that it was recorded by a German hip-hop producer, which doesn't surprise me at all. Into it, into it. Um, and what I love about the the Europa League anthem is, so the Champions League is very, you know, as you say, orchestral and very regal and royal. And that, that fits the Champions League because it's the elite level competition. It's the most prestigious club competition in the world. And then the Europa League is more just like, we're here to have a good time. And that feels like a, a good fit for the Europa League, uh, which... <laughs> is this it? No, that's the old one. That's the old one. The, the oh. new one goes... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, now I'm with you. It's got it's got a a strong NFL vibe to it, I feel like, uh, from from what I have heard of that one. So, so Graham, are you into this then? Do you like the idea of, of having these sort of official anthems for these games so that you kind of get the, the momentous occasion aspect of it? So I, I like them for big matches. Um, I have no issue with them for European matches because they feel like something out of the ordinary. So Champions League matches, Europa League matches are a big deal as well. I know some big English clubs get a bit snooty about the Europa League, but for most clubs, Europa League is a big occasion. So I, I have no issue with that. I have no issue with them for international tournaments either because they are neutral venues and those games don't belong to either of those teams that they're, that are playing in them. I'm not so keen on them in leagues where matches are kind of more run of the mill and I would rather have home teams kind of create their own atmosphere and put their own identity across and whether that is their own uh, walking out music. I'm trying to think of what some clubs play. Everton play the Z Cars. uh, Yeah. The the Z Cars theme tune. Mine I think play Stone Roses. This is the one I quite like that. So I would much rather that. And I know... And the Premier League clubs have been able to split the difference where I think they're able to walk out to the song 
that they that, of their of their choice, and then they kind of do that Champions League thing where they stand and kind of observe the Premier League anthem. The Premier League anthem, by the way, is just completely nondescript. I mean, it's it's not terrible. It's it's kind of it's quite Disney esque. I can I imagine like an Epcot fireworks show set to the Premier League anthem. But it doesn't have that. It doesn't have a hook. It doesn't have, for instance, like Champions League and Europa League anthem. I can immediately tell you what that, like I did, like I just did with the Europa League one. I I can't off the top of my head right now think what the Premier League anthem is like. Yeah, yeah, which which I think makes sense because number one, as you said earlier, like the Champions League is played, the Champions League anthem is played uh, with the players on the pitch. It's very much we're stopping to listen to this piece of music. It feels more like a national anthem than it feels like anything else. But it is also maybe diminishing returns a little bit in that you you get that if you're watching Champions League the way I think a lot of people do, you get that twice a week when the Champions League is on and then that's it. If you have it for every single Premier League game, you're watching it for every single Premier League game and it just becomes more ubiquitous. It just kind of wears down a little bit. And that's where I f- completely agree with you, Graham. I would much prefer it be for like very solemn, like big events, Champions League, World Cup, that sort of thing. Even maybe the Olympics, you have those sort of that entrance music to let you know this thing really matters. Whereas with something like the Premier League, I love that they leave it up to the individual clubs. And even not, I say Premier League, like most teams have this or play different songs when goals are scored. I was reading a couple of different articles. My favorite one was uh, Tranmere, play the uh, Tranmere Rovers, play the Rockford Files theme which was meant to be because <laughs> they had games that kicked off when that show would have been airing. And the idea was like, you could be home comfortably watching a TV show. That's fun. Instead, you're here watching us boot a ball around in the freezing rain. And so it was like almost a, a self-aware joke, which I, I think there's so much of that in like talking about English football for a moment, like the way crowds can be sarcastic and, and be a big part of sort of getting the atmosphere or when Manchester United were struggling and they won a game and the and the fans started chanting like we are staying up. Like those moments I think are so important to soccer and that collective spirit that I think having music that channels that or accentuates that like the individual vibe of that club is so much more useful and so much more interesting to me. Yeah, in the Premier League they still allow that to a certain extent. It's just they now enforce the playing of the anthem before kickoff and so they do kind of try and do the Champions League thing and I'm not so keen on on that. We've already had it on the broadcast once. We don't we don't need it again. Uh but I agree. I I I like when clubs communicate something about their own identity. I mean Sterling Albion games we we walk out to uh, Buddy Holly, which is very bizarre. But I love like it. Like Buddy it's Holly, just... the musician, or Buddy Holly, the Weezer song. No, no, the the, the musician. <laughs> so we we walk out to "Rave On" by Buddy Holly, um, and so we because for reasons unknown, I think just because it fits with the lyrics of the original song, uh, we sing uh, "Rave On" Sterling Albion. So they just decided to start playing that as we walk out for games. Um, I would be pretty unhappy if Scottish League Two were like. No, you need to replace that with this generic orchestral. Yeah. And knowing the SPFL, given they can't even arrange a pitch inspection for for a, a, a league game at Dumbarton, um, knowing the SPFL, it would be something just ripped off of a stock music site. <laughs> it would be something terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, Scotland, I think, famed for the physicality. You mentioned this on a show this week that... Uh, that players get sent there to toughen up. Gideon yeah. all of them got sent there to toughen up. So should it not just be like Raining Blood by Slayer? Would that be a better like uh, <laughs> anthem for Scottish football? 
Yeah, just anything Rage Against the Machine, oh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I tried to do, genuinely tried to do research into how this first began, how this became a tradition. And it seems like it just started in the 60s. I think it was 62 World Cup was the one that first had like music that was connected to the tournament. But it also just feels to me like a bit more of you tend to have music when you need to amplify things or... Like, I, I think just sort of show, I keep saying this, but like the, the magnitude of the moment, even going back to the military, when you had like bands marching with the army to keep everybody in line, obviously, but there is something about uh, like blaring that music. I think the Ottomans would do that. So they wanted you to be able to hear their drums before you could see the army. So you could hear them coming and you had to kind of deal with that. The Zulu did that as well. They would bang their spears against the shields and it created this cacophony that you could hear from miles and miles away. And it creates that atmosphere. It creates this intimidating feeling. And I'm assuming that's basically what it is, is that you play music to let everybody know like okay it's game time now the opening act is essentially yeah. playing lights are going down get ready for it let's increase that atmosphere and uh let's see what happens yeah if you think about going to a soccer match there there is that 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 um you know audible experience it's it's part of the whole experience whether that is you know drums or chanting or singing or whatever th- that has been part of the experience for for a long time so it's not much of it's not that you don't need to uh, stride very far you don't need to step very um far forward to attach an official song to something mm-hmm. i think if in the 60s there were songs associated with world cup world cups but they maybe weren't official it wasn't until you get to italia 90 that you start to get official anthems mm-hmm. and it's incredible how many modern concepts in soccer came from that tournament. When we spoke about the history of the Premier League for one of these one-on-one episodes or something else in the past, I can't quite remember what, we mentioned how English clubs looked at how Italy hosted that World Cup and used it as a template for what they did with the Premier League and the creation of the Premier League and stadiums and really packaging that the, the, the league in the same way they did with that tournament. And um, that tournament had an uh, official anthem. They used the three tenors and Nessun Dorma before big games, mm. um, and that kind of stuck. So when the European Cup rebranded as the Champions League, which was just after that, that was in 1992, I believe, they hired a composer called Tony Britton to come up with an official anthem. He basically looked at what had worked at Italia 90, and he came up with the, the the now legendary Champions League anthem, which, as we've already established, is called Champions League. And uh, it, it's it, in an interview, he basically said, "This wasn't a thing before the Champions League did it, and before certainly before Italia ninety did it. There was wasn't such a thing as an official competition anthem." So he basically just stuck with the classical music that had worked at Italia ninety, and from there the precedent was was set. And then. From from that point on, you had a, a UEFA Cup anthem that would be played on TV broadcasts. Um, I don't think they played that on the pitch, but then when it was rebranded to the Europa League in 2009, they went full Champions League with an anthem that was played before games. That first anthem, which I think you played a little bit of, was completely forgettable, and then they replaced it with the absolute banger that I like <laughs> in 2015. Uh, and now you have, as I've already mentioned, the Premier League anthem. There's a Bundesliga one, which has been used for a long, long time on broadcasts. It's it's one of the most recognisable one for, ones for me, the, the Bundesliga broadcast, uh, or excuse me, the, the Bundesliga anthem because of the broadcast. I think they now also play them with play it within the stadium as, as, as well. So if you're a self-respecting major competition in 2023, 
you need a competition anthem. If you're MLS, you need one composed by Hans Zimmer, is who did yep. the MLS one. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the Batman guy, the Inception guy. And it very much sounds like something from Inception or wow. Batman. I'm not quite sure. It, yeah, yeah, it is. I quite like it, but I'm not sure it's... I, I don't know if it says MLS Anthem to me. It's a, it's a little bit weird. I, uh, interestingly enough, yeah. I haven't heard it on any of the Apple TV broadcasts. I do wonder if it's kind of yeah. being dropped. I feel like it is. I was there when they announced it, and I remember at the time thinking, this this feels like a little much. Like, I yeah. get that you want that, and I get it's what, like, uh, the NFL has, NFL on Fox, I think, might have the most iconic sports jingle, sports music that I can think of, and I feel like that's what they were going for. It feels very much of a time and a place, and it does seem like something that they will end up redoing, like, 10 years from now. Uh, it feels very present moment as opposed to enduring and iconic. That said, if we're talking about enduring and iconic, we're talking about the Champions League anthem, which, Graham, you, you've said a couple times on this show, has lyrics. Ronaldo will sing them. I only know that, like, these are the champions, the champions. Do you Have you looked at the lyrics to this song? Oh. Because they are hilarious. In the, in the past, yes. And I'm not going to be able to Google this quick enough to give you a full answer. But I do know one oh, thing about him. it. I've got them in front of me. So UEFA, I do know one thing. You can tell me if I'm correct on 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 this. Um, the the lyrics are in the three languages of UEFA. Is that yes. correct? They're in French, English, and German. Is that the third language? I believe so. Yes, Die Meister. So yes, I would assume Die Besten. Yeah, that feels very German to me. Uh, they're also written in a very like people put in words and phrases into thesaurus.com and then used a lot of the same words uh they are the best teams they are the best teams the main event the master the best the great teams the champions a big meeting a great sporting event the main event the master the best the great teams the champions they are the best they are the best they are the champions these are the champions uh there you go graham it's it feels like a lot of similar wow. similar ideas contained in those lyrics it's like a coldplay song oh you're missing there is woes and that's there you go. basically chris martin <laughs> don't give them ideas for chris martin don't give them ideas that will be the new anthem for the next world cup uh, do you like the okay a final question then you talked about it with the 98 one do you like when we get the unofficial anthems I, I think i do but then with guitar we had like five or six and it was difficult to know which one we were actually supposed to care about which one was actually like the song that was going to resonate or cut through because i think in like 2010 we had shakira is like the main one i guess but the canon wave and flag one will yeah. always be the one that sort of is remembered and i think you can have those songs that connect to that tournament and help you kind of remember it all the more vividly. But I think also sometimes it, they just get lost in the shuffle. So I'm wondering where you are on that. So interestingly enough, um, the South Africa World Cup 2010 is where this thing starts to fragment for mm-hmm. me because of those two. So which way round was it? Waving, was Waving Flag the unofficial It was one? the Coca-Cola anthem. Right. Oh, yeah, of course it was in the commercial. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was the unofficial one. And Shakira, which is Waka Waka, right? That's yes. that, that mm-hmm. one. That was the official anthem. But for, no, for no me, African Shakira singing that one. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Maroon 5 performing at an Atlanta Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so for me, Waving Flag was the, was the iconic mm-hmm. song of that World Cup yep. more than the Shakira one. And that's where it starts to fragment. And without getting too much into the weeds in, on this, I do wonder if that's down to sort of the age of streaming and the the kind of these competitions no longer having the power to essentially say, this is the competition anthem, the radio mm-hmm. stations must play this, here it is down your throat. And there's much more kind of 
decentralization where yep. if you're an artist you can just produce a song and say hey that's the unofficial world cup anthem and it's up to kind of people to, to decide which one they consume Man. as the as the as the as the anthem of that tournament so i think 2010 is when that kind of starts to change that's fascinating because it probably also does connect to the idea of like how we consume media generally speaking because the world cup every four years like it's it's because it takes a really long time in the 1930s to get to places people can't afford to do it every year so you do it every four years you go to this one place but then for the longest time obviously these like it's difficult to get news and certainly footage of the different teams so you get everybody kind of showing up for a world cup and it is this disparate teams playing different styles coming together they've never seen each other before you're in this host country and you're sort of meant to be embracing that host country and the culture there and so i think there was a period of time where you could have that one song that was sort of like yep this is representative of england in 1966 and that is the theme i that doesn't seem to be like what they're going for it seems like they've gone the opposite direction and instead of it being the biggest band in the world singing this song for this competition like even the waving flag one for a moment, you get that version, the original version. But then there's one from like Nancy Ajram singing with him. I think she's a Lebanese singer, and so that's clearly meant for the Middle Eastern market. I think David Guetta has one, so you get more. Of, of like course, European, he does. But yeah, of course. So you get all <laughs> these different people that they bring in as like a featured singer to release different editions that can then be played in different countries that will appeal to those markets, and and it's much more making it a global thing that pulls in that global audience as opposed to almost like appointment television, yeah. appointment listening, whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that is evident when you look at the the unofficial songs for the Qatar World Cup mm-hmm. and you look at the languages. Uh, there's a Wikipedia page, which is very useful to me right now. There's It, it mm-hmm. tells you the languages of, of each of these songs. And, you know, you go through it, Portuguese, English, Arabic, Korean. Uh, there's a French one. There's a Chinese one. There's a Spanish one. So that speaks to the point you were making where different parts of the world, different regions, different countries um, have their own sort of anthem for these tournaments now. So I, I think where I land then, and I, I'm going to guess this is kind of the same for you, is that anthems are are can be fun and can be like very cool, but they're also maybe not something that we should take that seriously. So if, if people want to do a different anthem for every year, every different, like every different year of the Premier League, you have a new theme, you have a new anthem, you have a new edition uh, for different World Cups, the same. I think that's something like I'd be into to your point about the Europa League. Like, ah, that's not working, but this one bangs. Let's do this one. Like, like I think just changing it up and trying different things is maybe what it should be because that's what it's become. But I, I just don't want them to get, continue down the road that they're already on. And then we get one song sung 400 different times so that no one is offended and no one is left out. Uh, I like the idea of just, you know, try different stuff, try different bands, get different yeah. people involved, see what happens. Or maybe we could use the Carrie Underwood template of what's the song that she is it Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, oh. one of the two, and she like just shifts the lyrics slightly. Uh, I think depending <laughs> on the game and the season, so we keep the we keep the melody of the Champions League anthem, but we just maybe shift the the lyrics every every season or every match. That was uh, when Hank Williams Jr. like sang the one like Monday Night Football, like all my ratty friends are coming over tonight. Like I, there was an SNL joke about that where he had to just keep being like Lions versus Packers coming over tonight, <laughs> Niners versus Cowboys coming over tonight. Like you just had to do every single version of it. So yeah, all right, <laughs> you know whatever you got to do, you just make it work for for the broadest audience possible. Remember- that does seem to be the lesson the FIFA have learned: make it broad and it will be fine. 
Yeah, I remember showing that um, that intro song, the Carrie Underwood intro song to, to, to Lucy, my wife, and that was the question she had. Was like, wait, has Carrie Underwood had to sing every <laughs> single combination of every team in the whole league? And I'm like, probably, <laughs> I think. Unless AI, chat GPT, G- GPT's maybe doing that for her now. But I think in the past, she might have done that, how to do that. It reminds me of the... Uh... The joke that pops up every now and then about newscasters going on vacation and just recording stories in case something happens. So, like, the Queen of England was eaten by a shark, just in case that happens <laughs> while Tom Brokaw's on vacation. We've got that covered. It feels similar of Carrie Underwood having to record all those different versions. The only other song that I could think of from her when you asked was, uh, the, like, the Before He Cheats song. So I was like, I don't know if that should be the official slogan <laughs> unless Russia's involved. Got him. Burned him. I got him, Graham. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I totally get that reference. I listen to Carrie Underwood all the time. <laughs> well, the song is called Before They Cheat. Russia se- tends to cheat at sporting things. That's what sure. I've learned from the okay. Olympics. Uh, I think the fire truck of lawyers has been activated. So, Graham, <laughs> uh, anything else on anthems before I, I get a sued or disappeared, whichever one? So basically the TLDR of competition anthems is when they're good, they're good. And when they're bad, they're bad. Yep. Pretty much, but to each their own, and we should in, in celebrate that they exist at all, uh, especially El Mundial, uh, uh, performed by the Buenos Aires Musical Symphony, composed by Ennio Morricone. The 78 World Cup theme, the 78 World Cup is not one to be celebrated, but that theme is awesome to me because Ennio Morricone is terrific, but mm. he has a very specific style, and I, I wouldn't say it lends itself to like, getting up for a soccer game it's he does the good the bad the ugly he did the hateful eight score i think he did some of the thing as well it's very minimalistic i can't say again that it's the very like hyped bombastic uh song that you might expect but maybe that's why i like it uh, all the more so i was throwing shades at the champions league or uefa for not coming up with an anthem name better than the champions league for that one Mm -hmm. so the unofficial uh anthems for for world cup and for songs from world cups through the years uh, the the names of them are even less imaginative. So one is just called football. One is called El Mundial. Yeah. And another what the next World Cup, Spain '82, is also called El Mundial. Yep. Apparently, the unofficial anthem for the '94 World Cup was "We Are the Champions" by Queen. Oh, really? That's the first thing I think of when I hear we are. That feels yeah. right. That feels very American to be like, ah, just take this song. Everybody <laughs> likes this one. Whatever. <laughs> that feels very American, does it? It uh, really band does. from England with no, an established but, yeah. hit being like, that's our song. Yeah. Well, first of all, yes, because as we all know, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones are very American bands. Uh, sure. But, but like, no, think about that for a moment uh, about like, like American sports in the 90s. Can't you just see somebody last minute? Like, I think that that was where they got, like, their pronunciation guides wrong, and so they gave up pronunciation guides for a few of the wrong teams, and then you had people really not knowing who was playing. But I could absolutely see organizers at the last minute sort of just being like, ah, oh, we need a song about winning? Uh, cha- champions. We are the champions. And then that's it. That's how that probably went down. Yeah, probably. Probably. You're probably right about that. <laughs> what was the 62 one? Do you have that one in front of you? Wasn't that, like, rock and soccer good time or something? Uh, 62 is El Rock del Mundial there it by, is <laughs> by Los Ramblers <laughs> the rock of the world yeah alright there we go well go listen to them I'm sure this is a Spotify playlist that has most or all of them uh, maybe we'll have to put some out ourselves Graham uh, or put out a track listing ourselves <laughs> a playlist or something but for now Mr. Ruffin thank you for talking about anthems with me today thank you Taylor Rockwell Uh, Listeners, thanks so much for listening to this, I'm going to say meandering episode of Soccer 101, (laughs) but I very much enjoyed it. Hopefully Graham did as well. Hopefully you did as well, listeners. We'll talk to you again next week. 